Well, friends, would you uh, turn with me, please, to the words that we read in uh, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. I'm going to read uh, verses 20 to 27. Where we read, My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your heart, keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and healing to all their flesh. And keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech, and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forwards, and your gaze be straight before you. Under the path of your feet, then, all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Well, next week, uh, I hope to begin a, a new series on the theme of rebuilding from the book of, uh, of Nehemiah, uh, which uh, is very much on my, on my mind over the last uh, few months. I do feel more and more that we are coming in some ways uh, out, of, uh, out of this kind of lockdown period, and it's time that as a congregation, we, we like Nehemiah, go about uh, rebuilding what maybe the, the pandemic and lockdowns and COVID have, have torn down, and that we, we now start this work of uh, rebuilding and getting on with, with the Lord's work within, within our community. We've been doing as much as we can over the, the kind of two years, but, but now I hope and pray that we'll be able to really take things on in real earnest. And can I just say that if anyone is watching online and you've maybe not started coming out to the services, that maybe this coming series will be the time for you to maybe think about uh, about coming out. I know the weather's not been good over the last uh, few weeks, but I hope and pray, friends, that more and more we'll see more people coming out morning and evening uh, to our services as things hopefully and prayerfully uh, get back to more of a, a normality in some respects. But tonight I want to do something slightly different. I want us to undergo a spiritual checkup, an assessment on how we're doing as followers of Jesus since the start of the pandemic. How have we been doing? How are we doing over these last two years? Because it's nearly two years. We think it's just a few months ago that we were last in church together. No offense. It's two years. It's two years this March. And we're going to look at this under two headings. The exhortation and the examination. The exhortation and the examination. First you have the exhortation. Look at verses 20 to 22. Where Solomon encourages his son to walk in the way of wisdom. Solomon encourages his son to walk in the way of wisdom. In verses 20 to 21 we hear the requirement. We can begin by noting who's speaking at the beginning of verse 20. This is a father, Solomon, the son of David, speaking, addressing his son. This could be his biological son, or it could be his spiritual son. Either way, this is a more mature man, this is a more experienced man, who is speaking to a less mature man, a less experienced man. And throughout chapters 1 to 4, he's been speaking to his son about the importance of wisdom. In Proverbs 1, he emphasized that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He then likened wisdom to being a person, a woman, giving out an invitation to those in the streets to listen and to dwell securely. Then in Proverbs 3, he speaks about wisdom being more precious than jewels. 
And in Proverbs 4, he encourages his son to get wisdom, to prize wisdom, to, to treat wisdom as something very precious that, that he doesn't want to let go of. Solomon is a father whose words are centered on the, the accumulation and the acquirement of wisdom. And he now has four important exhortations for his son in verses 20 and 21. He exhorts his son to be attentive to his words. He wants his son to pay attention, to give careful consideration to what he's saying. He, he, wants, his son to, he, he wants his son to really receive this wisdom, uh, to be alert to what he's saying about wisdom. He continues by exhorting his son to incline his ear to his words. He wants his son to take on board his words about wisdom. There may be many competing voices that are vying for the attention of his son. And so Solomon says, listen to my words, incline your ear, bend your ear to what I'm saying. Solomon goes further as he exhorts his son to not allow his words to escape from his sight. The son isn't to simply listen to the words of his father. He isn't simply to accept the words of his father. Rather, he is to retain what his father has been saying. He's not to let the words of his father, these words about wisdom, gather legs and run away from him. And then Solomon exhorts his son to keep his words within his heart. The heart, as we'll see in verse 23, is a person's innermost being. And Solomon is telling his son to keep his words about wisdom in that innermost place. To keep his words about wisdom in that most personal of spaces. Then in verse 22, we move from the requirement to the reason. As we go through Proverbs, we can see that walking in the way of wisdom is the difference between prospering and perishing. To ignore wisdom results in a person becoming lost, chapter 5, verse 23. To ignore wisdom results in a person being led to the slaughter, chapter 7, verse 22. To ignore wisdom results in a person becoming a guest in the depths of Sheol, the underworld, hell, chapter 9, verse 18. But to receive wisdom results in length of days and peace or wholeness, shalom. Chapter 3, verse 2. To receive wisdom results in blessing. Chapter 3, verse 13. And to receive wisdom results in riches and honour. Chapter 3, verse 16. And now we hear Solomon telling his son that if he walks in the way of wisdom, if he listens to his words, and if he takes these words to heart, then he will not perish. He will prosper. Solomon says he will enjoy long life. And his flesh, his whole being, will know healing. Now at one level that speaks about flourishing in this life. A life lived in a right relationship with the Lord. A life lived under the Lord's smile, under the Lord's covenant blessing. But at another level, this speaks about flourishing in the life to come. Proverbs is a book. It's, in fact, I would go so far as to say that it's perhaps the most evangelistic book in Scripture because it's a book that is stamped with the word eternity. It constantly pushes and presses the reader to see that physical death isn't the end. And now Solomon is telling his son that if he walks in the way of wisdom, if he lives in the, in the fear of the Lord, then he will know life and he will know healing even beyond the grave. 
friends, as we consider these verses, I want us to hear this exhortation to walk in the way of wisdom. That's the exhortation that Solomon has for his son. He's not giving his son some handy tips for living. Please don't ever read Proverbs as just some handy tips for living. He is calling on his son to listen to his words, to walk in the way of wisdom, to allow his life to be directed by the fear of the Lord. And he's calling on his son to do this because walking in the way of wisdom is the difference between life and death. Walking in the way of wisdom is the difference between prospering and between prospering and perishing. There is a real urgency in Solomon's counsel. He's saying, I want you to really listen, my son. I want you to pay attention to me because this has life and death implications. And you know, friends, in the gospel we hear Jesus, the true and better Solomon, the one in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom exhorting men and women to walk in the way of wisdom, to walk according to his life-giving words. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaks about those who receive him and his words and who put them into practice as being like what? A wise man who builds his house on the rock and when the storm comes, the house stands firm. And Jesus goes on to speak about those who reject him and reject his words and fail to put them into practice. And he says that such people are like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And, and when the storm came, the house fell with a great crash. The Scottish folk singer, Dougie MacLean, I love Dougie MacLean not just because he composed um, some of the best songs like Caledonia and all these other songs, but he also composed a song called Ready for the Storm. And I was thinking a lot about that last, last weekend, Ready for the Storm. And Jesus here is asking all who come into contact with him, are you ready for the storm? Are you ready for the storm? Are you ready for the storms that will invade your life? The storms of COVID, the storms of cancer, the storms of confrontation, the storms of criticism, are you ready? For the storms that will come into your life? Are you ready for the storm of death? Are you ready for the storm of final divine judgment? Are you ready for the storm? And the only way to be ready for the storm is to be resting on Christ. The only way to be ready for the storm is to be resting on the solid rock. The only way to be ready for the storm is to be holding fast to the rock of grace. All other ground, as we sing so often, is sinking sand. The only way to be truly secure in this life and for the life to come is by being attentive to the words of Jesus. By listening to what Jesus says. By not allowing the words of Jesus to run away or escape from us. To be keeping the word of Jesus within our very hearts, within our innermost being. To ignore Jesus. To neglect Jesus, to reject Jesus, to drown out the voice of Jesus, to drown out his words of wisdom by listening to other voices is the height of foolishness. And it will result in our ruin, not only our temporal ruin, but our eternal ruin. That is what happens if a person ignores the voice of Jesus, if they ignore his word of wisdom, they will be ruined. Temporarily, but also eternally. And so as we hear this exhortation, friends, I want to ask, 
Are you walking in the way of wisdom? Are you walking in the way of Christ? That's the exhortation. Are you walking in the way of wisdom? But we move from the exhortation to the examination. Look at verses 23 to 27. Solomon now encourages his son to assess whether or not he is actually walking in the way of wisdom. In verse 23 we see the internal assessment. Solomon continues speaking to his son and instructs him to assess or examine his heart. In the Old Testament the heart refers to a person's innermost being, their core, their essence. One writer describes the heart as the control centre of a person. Their central processing unit. And Alistair and I, when he was preaching in St. Andrews about the heart, he used to always say the heart is what makes a person tick. Not just physically, but also mentally, spiritually. The heart makes a person tick. And here we find Solomon speaking to his son about having a guarded heart. Now that word guard or keep or watch over is often used to speak about someone watching over a city. Ensuring that the city doesn't come under an unexpected attack. Throughout the book of Proverbs we see that there are many potential dangers that pose a threat to a person. Pose a threat to the heart. The heart can become perverse, chapter 12 verse 8. The heart can become sick, chapter 13 verse 12. The heart can become proud, chapter 16 verse 5. The heart can become hard. Chapter 28, verse 14. That is why Solomon speaks to his son now about guarding his heart. Watching over his heart. Keeping his heart with all vigilance. Or as some versions have it, above anything or above anything else. And the reason why it's so important to have a guarded heart, Solomon says, is because the springs of life flow from it. Everything about a person stems or springs from what they are inwardly, what they are internally. And an unguarded heart, as we'll see in the next few verses, will have a detrimental impact on a person's speech, a person's sight, a person's walk, their external behaviour. And so in verses 24 to 27 we move from the, the internal assessment to this external assessment. And Solomon speaks to his son about his mouth. Look at verse 24. He draws his son's attention to crooked speech and devious talk. This refers to speech that distorts and dismisses the truth. This refers to speech that corrupts and conceals the truth. This refers to speech where deceit and crudeness are very much the order of the day. And Solomon says that such speech should be put away. It should be Far away from his son, if his son is walking in the way of wisdom. Solomon goes on to speak to his son about his eyes. Look at verses, verse 25. The son, as we've said, is walking in the way of wisdom, and his eyes must be looking directly forward. His gaze must be straight. His gaze must be unwavering. There are, there are many distracting sights that can line up along the way of wisdom. Some of them are repulsive to look upon and some of them are beautiful to look upon. And Solomon counsels his son to make sure that his eyes are fixed in the right direction because even one glance, just one glance in the wrong direction 
good people. And then finally, Solomon speaks to his son about his feet. Look at verses 26 and 27. The son's walking in the way of wisdom as his father had exhorted him to do. And Solomon instructs him to ponder where his feet are going so that his ways will be sure and steadfast. Solomon then instructs him not to swerve to the right or to the left. We saw that this morning, didn't we? Well, maybe you didn't, but if you were driving like I was, there was the car in it. It's swerving to the right and swerving to the left. And Solomon is saying here to his son, you're to just keep going in the same direction, in a straight direction. Not swerving to the right, not swerving to the left. Don't, don't go after any alternative path that would lead you off the way of wisdom. And Solomon closes by instructing his son to turn from evil. The way, the way of wisdom involves making two decisions all the time. There is a decision to do what is right. The decision to turn to the path that is good. The decision to walk in the way of wisdom. And there is a simultaneous decision to disregard what is wrong. To turn from what is evil. And to refuse to walk in the way of foolishness. The two go hand in hand. You make the right decision and at the same time you reject the wrong decision. Well friends, as we consider these verses, I want us to focus on the examination that every person must take as they walk in the way of wisdom. There is this internal assessment. And that's Solomon's primary concern for his son. He wants him to have a guarded heart. Because that would affect and impact on everything else. And a healthy heart, spiritually speaking, is foundational to the Christian life. In Matthew 15, Jesus says, Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. If you've got a heart issue, if your heart isn't pounding and pumping with a love for the Lord, then nothing else will be right in your Christian life. Nothing else will be right in your Christian walk. You know that yourself. Some of you here have difficult heart conditions and you know how that affects everything else in your life and so it is spiritually speaking. And so this evening I want to ask, how's your heart? How's your heart? What does your heart say about Jesus? Is it full of love for him? Is it full of awe, adoration, affection for the one who is altogether lovely? Or is it crammed with something or someone else? How's your heart? Honestly, ask yourself the question, how, how is my heart? But there is also that external assessment. There's the mouth. Solomon was concerned about his son's mouth not being full of crooked speech or devious talk. And in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus goes on to say, It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, that is what defiles a person. If the heart isn't healthy then it will be seen in your speech. And so this evening I want to ask friends, honestly, how's your mouth? 
Are your lips full of grumbling or gratitude? Are your lips full of gossip or the gospel? Are your lips full of crudeness or Christ? Complaints and criticism or contemplation of the one who is all-sufficient and all-satisfying? Are your lips full of slander or the Saviour, scandal or salvation? How's your mouth? How's your mouth? I think it's often the case that the mouth is the first indicator that something's going wrong in a person's life spiritually. But there's also the eyes. Solomon was concerned about his son's eyes not being diverted or distracted by various things that could lure him away from the way of wisdom. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, if your heart isn't healthy, then it will be seen in what you're looking at. And so can I have to ask the question, how's, how's your eyes? Do you know when to turn off the TV? Do you know when to close the newspaper, close the magazine, close the book? Do you know when to turn off the laptop, turn off the iPad, turn off the phone? Can you say with the psalmist, I will not set my eyes toward the things that are worthless. Your eyes fixed on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, or are they being distracted in a very destructive direction? Put your eyes. Maybe it's, and I don't want to offend, but maybe it's a question that the men here, and including myself, we need to ask ourselves, maybe more than anyone else, how are our eyes? And then there's the feet. Solomon was concerned about his son walking on the right path. And in Matthew 7, Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. If your heart isn't healthy, then it will be seen in where you're walking, and not only where you're walking, but how you're walking. And so this evening I want to ask, how's your feet? You're walking in the right direction, however painful or perplexing that might be, are, are the signs that you're passing in life's journey showing that the heavenly city is getting nearer or further away? Are you pressing on toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, or have you ground to a standstill in your Christian walk? Or maybe you haven't even ground to a standstill in your Christian walk. Maybe you've, maybe you've wandered from the way of wisdom altogether. How are your feet? But you know, friends, as we come to the end of this examination, I want us to focus not on the examination itself, but on the evangel, on the gospel. 
Because one of the most sobering things to remember as we read these verses is that they were written by Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel and Judah. Here he is encouraging his son to walk in the way of wisdom that leads to life. And as he does this, he encourages him to examine his heart and to see how that's impacting on his eyes, on his speech, on his walk. And the great tragedy in all of this is found in the words of 1 Kings chapter 11. Let me read them to you. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines. And his wives, listen to this, turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Not even Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, could walk the way of wisdom without flaw. Even Solomon could guard his heart completely. And none of us can walk in the way of wisdom without flaw. I'm not standing here tonight saying, get your act together and look at me. I'm saying none of us can walk the way of wisdom without flaw. There are days when our hearts are cluttered and cold. There are days when our mouths say what they shouldn't say. There are days when our eyes look at what they shouldn't see. There are days when our feet walk where they shouldn't go. But friends, the gospel tells us that we don't need to despair over this. The gospel presents us not with Solomon, but with the true and better Solomon, the Lord Jesus Christ, who lived the life that we could never live and died the death that we deserve to die. He shed his blood to cleanse hearts that can so often be hard and cold toward him. To cleanse mouths that can so often be slow to magnify him. To cleanse eyes that can so often look away from him. And to cleanse feet that can so often wander from him. And friends, when we feel concerned, when we feel convicted, when we feel challenged, when we feel condemned over our internal and external spiritual condition, we don't need to despair. The devil will tell you to despair. But the gospel tells us not to despair. The gospel tells us that there is hope. We can look to the one who has made an end of all our sin. We can rejoice in the truth that the life is short. Death is sure. Sin is the problem. And what a problem it is. But Christ, Christ, the true and better Solomon, is the greatest cure. Hallelujah. What a saviour. And I simply have to ask you this evening, then, do you know him as your saviour? Maybe you're not a Christian. You haven't been walking in the way of wisdom up until now. But there is a saviour available for you. Maybe you are a Christian and you've won 
wondered if that way of wisdom, you've wobbled and wavered on that way of wisdom. I think we, maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating, but I think we've all wandered and wobbled and wavered over these 18 months or so, haven't we? I'm sure none of us would say that we're in the place, spiritually speaking, that we would like to be as we come maybe toward the end of, of this lockdown period. But there is a saviour for us. A saviour who's come to cleanse. And our hope is in him. And we go to him this evening.